but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I got baptized in uh, Lake Minnetonka. I uh, hit a couple backflips. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. My swag was having no swag. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another installment of the Minnesota Sports Podcast on this 31st of March. How's it going, everyone? I'm CJ Baumgartner, and uh, we're breaking down some more twin stuff because opening day would be a week from today. Uh, well, it actually should be today, really. Uh, but the lockout pushed it back a week. It's fine. Uh, there's snow on the ground as I look out the window, and uh, there's still it's still real yucky down in the Twin Cities, so it's fine. It's it's all right. Uh, even though there probably will still be a little bit, and it still won't be that warm. Uh, it's okay if it gets pushed into April. I'm fine with that. By the way, some more opening day related news, and this kind of goes with something else I was planning to talk about, so we'll kind of push it forward. Uh, We'll talk first about the Twins. Rocco Baldelli, just about a half an hour ago, announced his opening day starter for the 2022 season, and it is Joe Ryan. Yeah, it's not Sonny Gray, the guy who the Twins just traded for. It is the rookie Joe Ryan, who the Twins got, of course, in the Nelson Cruz trade last year. They got Joe Ryan, and they also got uh, another player whose name escapes me, but Joe Ryan was really the headliner of that deal. It was another pitcher that they got, but Joe Ryan was a guy who uh, pitched. The Twins really didn't get a chance to to put on the team right away because he was pitching in the Olympics last year for Team USA. And uh, when he got there, he made a little bit of an impact in AAA and then went right to the big leagues and he had some nice outings. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't lighting the world on fire, but there was a lot of stuff you saw in Joe Ryan that you thought this guy can be something. And I I have an article up, it's an old one, probably from a month or so ago on Zone Coverage. If you go to Zone Coverage, you go to my name CJ Baumgartner, you can find uh, the article where I was talking a little bit about Joe Ryan and how he has the opportunity to kind of take that Jose Barrios mantle of kind of this young pitcher that fans are really anxious and really waiting to kind of jump into that next level. Um, Now, Joe Ryan obviously only has a handful of big league experience, so, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see if he can become Jose Barrios, who has proven to be a very, very good starter in baseball. But Joe Ryan is the starting pitcher. You thought it would be Sonny Gray. It's not. Uh, But Joe Ryan, of course, uh, back to that Tampa Bay thing, uh, he was such a steal in that Nelson Cruz trade. I can't believe that the Twins have fleeced Tampa Bay twice. We talked about this a little bit last episode. They fleeced Tampa Bay in Jake Odorizzi in 2018, giving up, I believe, the prospect uh, Wander Javier. No, that doesn't. that's not the right one. Uh, but the prospect they gave up ended up coming back to the Twins because the Rays put him on waivers, and the Twins claimed it back anyway. So the Twins really gave up, gave up nothing in the Odorizzi trade, and they got... Uh, three solid seasons, well, they got two solid seasons, and 2020 was a wash because he was hurt, and it was 60 games, and yada, yada, yada. They got two great seasons out of Odorizzi, which, in a trade, you'll take that. You'll take two great seasons for giving up nothing. So, uh, And then to get the Joe Ryan deal for two months of Nelson Cruz when the Rays completely flopped in the postseason. Not because of Cruz, but they just they didn't play well, and they got beat by Boston early. So... The Twins have fleeced the Rays twice. Not many teams fleece the Rays. Usually you get fleeced by Tampa Bay. So good job, Falvey and Levine. But moving on now to 
the opening day starter. You thought it was going to be Sonny Gray, and it turns out it's actually going to be Joe Ryan. Now, Sonny Gray, of course, the Twins gave up their first-round pick, Chase Petty, in 2021. They sent him to Cincinnati. Uh, Sonny Gray is a great pitcher. He is great. He is a, a bona fide uh, top-tier, probably number-two starter, really, is what he's at. But on the Twins, he's their best pitcher, best and most proven pitcher. So, there's a little bit of that. You thought it was going to be Sonny Gray. I wonder if it's just they want to give uh, they want to give Gray a little bit more time to get ready, maybe an extra day or two to stretch out. Joe Ryan uh, was with the big league club, uh, you know, was with the Twins throughout uh, spring training. Uh, I mean, there's only a few more days extra, but I don't know whether the Twins just thought he earned it outright or whether uh, you know they just want to give Sonny Gray some more time. That is what it is, but. It's a nice move to see them go with the young guy and give him some stuff. Now, if you're looking at this and you're concerned about Sonny Gray, or maybe you think Joe Ryan isn't necessarily ready to be an opening day starter, let me tell you, opening day starter is something that sounds really nice. It really does. And, you know, it's still, it's not, I'm not saying you should diminish it, because obviously there's a ton of pitchers that would love to get the ball on opening day. You start the season, you set the tone, whatever kind of thing you want to say. You get to be the first one. You get to kind of get those uh, emotions, jitteriness out of your way, and you just get to play and you get to get the season started, whatever. It's honestly not as big of a deal as maybe we make it out to be. Now, I'm not saying players maybe so much. Maybe us as fans, people who follow the team, right broadcast, whatever. Uh, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really mean that much when you think about it because with the Twins, first of all, Jose Barrios, he wasn't the opening day starter last year, and he pitched better than Kenta Maeda last year. Now, I mean, both of them were really good in 2020. It was a toss-up who was going to get the opening day nod, but the point still remains that Barrios didn't get it the year before. Barrios didn't get it in 2018, by the way. Barrios, in 2018, uh, wasn't the opening day starter, and now that was so the Twins were playing in Puerto Rico. Odorizzi was actually the opening day starter, and it was so basically they staggered it so Barrios could pitch when the Twins went to Puerto Rico, so he could pitch in front of his hometown fans, all that kind of stuff. This is also a team that put Vance Worley on the mound in 2013 as their opening day starter. It honestly just means as much as you think it's going to mean. Like, this this isn't the end of the world that Sonny Gray is in the team's opening day starter, and this isn't some this isn't something that's signaling Joe Ryan is going to be an ace. Joe Ryan is just a pitcher the Twins are going to start the season with. And it's a great achievement for him, and hopefully this is a sign that the, he's pitched really well and that the Twins really like what he's doing and that they trust a lot of what he can bring to the table and they trust his development. But also take it with a grain of salt because, guys, it is a long season. Talk about pitchers wanting to set the tone early for the season, but they're going to pitch over 100 innings, 150, you know, 170 if you're somebody like Barrios. It's a long season. So it doesn't always matter if you don't get, it doesn't matter if you get the opening day nod or not. It really doesn't. It's a long season. Things work themselves out. Things kind of go up and down. You go on the IL. A guy gets called up. You have a rain. You have an off day. So, or you pitch one inning, and then they, you know, then it's a rain delay, and then they they throw off your start. I mean, like, there's a whole bunch of things. Is my point that can change everything. So I don't really think it's important that Sonny Gray is the opening day starter, or that Joe Ryan isn't the opening day starter. This is an I mean, there's no complaints for me for Joe Ryan starting on opening day. I think it was between him and him and Sonny Gray, 
you weren't going to put Dylan Bundy on the mound. You weren't going to put Chris Archer on there. You weren't going to put Bailey Ober. I mean, it made sense to put, uh, if you weren't going to put Sonny Gray, it made sense to put Joe Ryan on there. But this is a long season, and things work themselves out, and who knows, Sonny Gray might be the best Twins pitcher, and it doesn't matter that he started on opening day. Most pitchers, and I think everybody kind of gets it at this point, being on the opening day roster is nice. It's nice to break camp with a major league club. It's nice to be the Twins opening day starter. The Twins also put Vance Worley on the mound in 2013. I can't get over that, guys. Vance Worley was not a good pitcher. He was the opening day starter, and he didn't even finish the year with the team. It doesn't mean as much as we... Th- it doesn't mean nothing. It does not mean nothing. But it doesn't mean as much as we all think it does. So with that, I'm going to go into my next point, which, and we'll get back to the pitching in a second, but I'm going to go into my next point because I think this is something that a lot of Twins fans, uh, at least on social media, have been very uh, discontent about. They've been very upset, and I, I don't blame them. By the way, I I don't blame fans who are upset about this, but uh, Gilberto Celestino, Jose Miranda, Trevor Larnick, and a bunch of other guys, but those three were kind of the headliners, are all going down to St. Paul, and they're going to start the year in AAA. And a lot of Twins fans are very upset about this. And again, I don't blame them. I don't think it's wrong to be upset, because Trevor Larnick, Jose Miranda, and Gilberto Celestino are all guys that... The tw- they're all young guys, uh, you know, two of whom have big league experience. The Twins fans have seen with their own eyes, and they like what they see. And Larnick was having a decent little spring and everything, and they're going down to AAA. And the big argument is, for Twins fans, is put them on the big league roster. They need to get, they've proven that they're ready. They can play in the big leagues. Let them sit, let them get up here and prove their time and let them battle. We don't need guys like Jake Cave or Kyle Garlick or whoever these guys to throw in on the major league level. We want that. We want Larnick, Celestino, Miranda. We want all these guys up with the big league team. Don't let them sit in St. Paul. Help. They can help the major league club more than guys like Kyle Garlick and Jake Cave and et cetera. And yeah, that's true. They they can help, and they are better players, and they will have better careers, it, it seems to be, than Cave and Garlic, if you're talking about Larnick, Miranda, and Celestino. But I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't, because last year, I know Kirilov didn't make the, the Twins team, and I know everybody was up in arms about that. And I wish Kirloff would have made the team out of opening day. It looks more and more it was service time, but also they had some depths. There was a reason... If, the, if Kirilov was really their only option, they would have brought him up with the team. But they had the ability to kind of play with the service time a little bit, so they did. That's my opinion a year later from that. But I don't think it's service time with Larnick and Celestino. They already have gotten to the major league level. I don't think you're really toying with them too much. And Miranda, I don't think he's a guy that you're... Re- like, I think he could be a nice player. I don't think he's a Byron Buxton-esque, Alex Kirilov-esque, where you're trying to squeeze as much out of him as you can. Uh, I just think it's... All three of those guys are good players. So why are we going to let them sit on the bench in AAA? Or or in the major leagues? Why don't we put them in AAA? Larnick, Celestino, Miranda, they're all going to start. By the way, the season starts earlier. It starts a few days earlier. Let them get a couple games in. More than It does them better to get live game reps than a spring training game. It's live games. The games are for real. They count. So... Why not let them go there? They're going to start. They're going to get plenty of at-bats. Let them go there in St. Paul. Let them get a healthy amount of at-bats and playing time and let them develop. Because keep in mind, they're going to be in St. Paul. The Twins coaching staff is just across the river. 
and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are just across the river. And by the way, it would be more disadvantageous, it would be worse for the careers of Larnick, Moran, and Celestino to put them up on the big league level, but they don't have a starting spot. So what are you going to do? You're not going to platoon to start the season like this. You're not going to do that. You want everybody to kind of get in a groove. Uh, so you're not going to you're not going to take away at bats from Kirilov, or you're not going to take away at bats for Kepler to make room for Larnick when you could just put Larnick in AAA and wait until Kepler or Kirilov or whoever gets hurt or somebody whatever. Not saying that that will happen, but you wait for a situation for injuries or poor performance or just whatever, and they get a chance to come up to the big league level and try and earn their way up. But it doesn't do it doesn't do Larnick, Miranda, Celestino. It doesn't give those three any help to let them sit in the major league bench and get five to ten at bats a week if they're lucky. Start one game a week, you get four at bats. How does that I don't maybe a pinch hit. Maybe you you know, maybe you get a second or third game, but I don't understand how it helps them. Let them get a few more at bats. Larnick did have a great spring. Miranda and Celestino are both going to be in the big league level this year. All three of these guys are going to be at the big league club. Again, like we talked about with the opening day starter, it's a long season. Whoever makes the opening day roster doesn't really matter. Things have a way of working themselves out. It's a 162-game season. The roster on April 7th is going to look vastly different than the roster on September 7th. It's going to look vastly different from the roster on July 7th. It's going to look vastly different than the roster on on May 7th. This the Twins are not going to look the same. Keep in mind how different the opening day team in 2019 looked to the end of the season. You had no Luisa Rise, Mitch Garver didn't really uh show up on the scene yet. Um there's just things as the season goes on that work themselves out. So I mean, I'm not going to sit here and throw fits that Larnick and Celestino and Miranda aren't with the big league club. Now, if we get to the midway point in the season and they're still biting down in AAA and they clearly earn a shot, then yeah, put them up here. Like Jose Miranda last year, you would have hoped that he would have gotten some opportunity to play. But then that's a different argument than the opening day roster. Let them get their at-bats down in St. Paul. They'll have a chance to come up. Because... Even if Jake Cave and Kyle Garlick, who are non-roster invitees, but they're still with the big league club right now, they have a good chance to make the team, it's not likely they're going to be mainstays in the lineup. They are just bodies to get in younger players, to buffer for the younger players. Jake Cave and Kyle Garlick aren't there to take away at-bats from... from uh, they're not there to take away at-bats from Larnick or Celestino. They're there to make sure that Larnick and Celestino earn their time. And if they struggle you can send them down to St. Paul. And you have a body. You have a body. You can send them down to St. Paul. Whereas if, I mean, again, it's you need to have stop gaps. You need to have these guys in place. There's a reason. Before they got Correa, they got uh, Kiner Falefa, and he was going to be a stop gap. He wasn't going to be the future. He was going to be a guy to hold down the fort and make sure that Royce Lewis and or Austin Martin were ready when they made that jump. They weren't, they weren't putting him in there to say, you know, you're going to battle with them. It's you're going to be here and you're going to play until one of these guys takes your spot. And that's really what it is. Cave and Garlic aren't guys that the Twins need to have on the roster. They're It's guys that they're having to make sure that when Larnick and Celestino and Miranda and when all these guys get up here, 
it's just there to make sure that if they're not prepared or they're not ready or if they get hurt, that they have a backup plan instead of having to call up younger guys who aren't quite ready. So my whole point is this, and, and by the way, it does show you how deep the Twins' farm system is right now, at least at the top levels. Like, the Twins have a lot of major league-ready prospects right now. And the Twins definitely feel a window opening. That's why you see the moves for a guy like Correa. That's why you see the aggressiveness in trying to get a Manaya or a Montes. You see that. So, relax. Larnick, Celestino, Miranda will be with the Twins this season. And they will be with them for a long time as long as they can hit. So, just, it doesn't really matter that they're not with the team to start opening day. I know Jake Cave isn't popular. I know Jake Cave isn't, he, he's, he's not great. I know that. But it's not a big deal if he's on the opening day roster. And I think that's my biggest point. But again, the Twins have a lot of prospects. They have a lot of major league ready prospects. And especially in the outfield. I mean, you see Atlarnik and Miranda and Celestino. All three of those guys should be on the big league club. But the Twins have a lot of depth. I mean, where's Miranda going to start? He's not going to start at third. You have Urshela. He's not going to start at shortstop. You have Correa. He's not going to start at second. You have Polanco. Where you're not going to put him at first base. You have Sano, and then you have Kirilov behind him. What are you What are you going to do with him? So that's again. So that's why we get to this next part of the conversation, which is uh, trading for another starting pitcher. So there was a report out earlier. Uh, I believe this was from Bob Nightingale of USA Today, and he made the point to say uh, he put out the rumor that the San Diego Padres. We're talking with the Pittsburgh Pirates to try and get Brian Reynolds. And they wanted to get the outfielder, and they were willing to give up some pitching to get him. And if you're Pittsburgh, you obviously give up a, a major league-ready player, but you kind of get some nice young pieces to, to get in your rebuild, especially for Pittsburgh if you can get pitching. If you can get pitching, then things turn around a little bit faster for you. So my, the whole argument with this is if the, they're willing to trade with Pittsburgh, should Minnesota be giving them a call? Should Minnesota be giving uh, the San Diego Padres a call? Because the Padres need some bats, specifically outfield bats, something the Twins have plenty of. Maybe they want a Max Kepler. Maybe they want a Trevor Larnick. Maybe they want, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they want a Jake Cave. I don't know. But the point is that they need outfielders, and they have a ton of extra pitching something that the twins need they have plenty of arms whether it's their top end arms with snell clevenger darvish musgrove those are all four veteran starting players they also have paddock they have some guys who uh, are they have some guys who are younger prospects who are kind of in that they're also ready to break through there's some younger guys uh so now does san diego want to trade it what tr pitchers they want to trade, whatever. But the whole point is to say the, the Twins have an opportunity, if they see fit and if it works out, to maybe get an arm from San Diego and maybe kind of undercut Oakland and say, you know what, you want an arm and a leg? We're not going to pay that price. We're going to go talk to the Padres and maybe they'll give us something. And you can still get a, another pitcher or two to throw in to your rotation to start the season, especially if you could land a guy like a, like a Musgrove or like a Clevenger. That would be a big get. For the Twins. Now, maybe even Darvish. Maybe maybe Clevenger is out of the market. Maybe you get a guy like Musgrove and or, or Darvish. One of those two players would be really nice for the top end of your starting rotation. They'd be nice players to put on your team. So, I think, I think that this trade, on paper, works out. 
I think there's now what prospects of the Twins are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up a guy like Larnick because there's a logjam, or do you know that Kirilov is going to eventually be the first baseman and Larnick's going to be in left field? And then Kepler, what's the long-term future with Kepler? Do you trade Kepler to put Larnick in right field and then you have a guy like Celestino play left, or do you trade a guy like Celestino? You know, he's maybe unproven. Maybe they want a little more proven arm or bat rather. So you send them somebody like. Kepler. I don't know. There's a, there's plenty of options. It depends on how high of a prospect they want and what the Twins really are willing to part with. It's an interesting conversation. I don't... I would need a really high-end R. I don't think I need a prospect if I'm going to give up somebody like Larnick. I think I would, I would probably want to... I would probably want a Clevenger, want a Darvish, want a Musgrove even. Like you got to give me something. You got to make it worth my while. You have to really, really do that. You have to really make it worth the Twins' while for that. So, I don't know. Would San Diego want to give up even a ton of their pitching, especially a ton of their veteran pitching, considering they have to play the the Los Angeles Dodgers a bunch during the regular season, and the Dodgers have a great, great, great lineup. So maybe they want all the pitching they can. Maybe they don't want to part with some of the top-end guys, especially because they're in a competitive window just like the Twins. But I think San Diego is an interesting option, an interesting avenue for the Twins to go down because they certainly have pitching depth. The Twins have outfield depth. And it's the case of, all right, Twins, all right, Twins fans, you want this team to be good. You want them to make a move. You want them to give up a prospect. It's going to be a prospect you like a lot. If the Twins trade Larnick for pitching, it's going to stink because Larnick is going to be a very good major league player. But if you believe the Twins are getting a great major league pitcher back, that's kind of the price of doing business. You want to buy a new car? You got to pay a lot of money. You're going to get a new car. You're just also going to have to pay for it. And that's the thing with trading for major league ready players. The Twins have to give up their first round pick for Chase, uh, Chase Petty for Sonny Gray. That's the price of doing business. So it'll be interesting to see what the Twins, if the Twins do anything of that. There have been no reports linking them, by the way, so I'm not going to say, I'm not trying to speculate that the Twins are out there talking to San Diego, but it certainly would be something the Twins would want to do. They've never really traded a ton with San Diego. Don't really know what the relationship is with the Padres, but it would be fun if they could manage to pry one of those pitchers away because... The Padres have a lot of pitching. The Twins have a lot of outfielders. you got to feel like there's an avenue to work something out. Speaking of pitching, uh, is this Twins pitching staff ready to be competitive? Is it going to be? Because as we talked about with uh, the rotation now, Bailey Ober, Sonny Gray, uh, Joe Ryan, uh, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, that looks to be your starting five. And the Twins, I know, floated the idea of Winder and Duran making the roster and kind of figuring out how to patch it with them. Maybe a long relief type stint. Maybe kind of, you know, putting in some extra guys, extra rest uh, as the season goes on. Especially now that they're going to have 28 guys on the roster for the first month of the season. Uh, but do the Twins have the ability to compete? This, this playoff rotation, do the Twins have the ability to make the playoffs with it? Well, that's the question we asked ourselves back in 2019. When we felt like the lineup was going to be good, we didn't know it was going to be the Bomba squad good. But are the Twins, was the Twins rotation in 2019 good enough? And that's when you think about the Twins rotation. It was guys like Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, who pitched really well that year, Odorizzi, became an all-star. 
but fell off in the second half of the year. At least didn't pitch to that all-star level as much. Uh, Jose Barrios, uh, Michael Pineda, and Martin Perez. And then eventually you have guys like Randy Dobnak work their way into the rotation and others. But those were kind of the main five was Pineda, Perez, uh, Barrios, Odorizzi, Gibson. Those were the main five. Does that feel awfully different than Gray, Ober, Ryan, Bundy, and Archer? Well, in a sense of Martin Perez and Michael Pineda were kind of buy low guys that they were hoping to turn around. You have that in Bundy and Archer. Now, Jose Barrios was coming into his own. He was pretty constant. You knew what you were getting out of him. He's kind of, he's the younger guy. Maybe he's, maybe he's that Joe Ryan. Although Joe Ryan has improved himself as much as Jose Barrios had up until that point of putting together two nice big league seasons before 2019. Uh, so you have that. You also have uh, just, again, uh, a veteran option. Maybe great. Fits in, maybe Gray fits into that Jose Barrios role as the veteran of the staff, as the kind of the leader. Either way, maybe fits more as that Odorizzi type. I don't think this Twins team is too far off because in 2019, I know the projections have the Twins to finish in the bottom half of the league in terms of pitching. I know they have them projected to win like 85 games. But again, the projections also predicted the Twins to get 93 wins or 89 to 90 wins in 2021. And they got, and they lost 89 games, or whatever the number ended up being. Then you also have uh, the 2019 Twins, who not a lot of who not a lot of people really thought about, and then they won over 100 games. Nobody was predicting the Twins, whether you used analytics or uh, just your gut feeling. Nobody thought the Twins were going to win over 100 games, and they won 101. That's not to say projections are wrong. That's to say that they're not gospel. And I think the the Twins are going to, I mean, it also took a Bomba squad offense. It took the Twins literally breaking the home run record for them to maybe get past that pitching at times. But the Twins also didn't really have a secondary pitching prospect pool, say that five times fast, to, to pull from. And I know, and I've said this before, you can't really rely on those rookies, but the Twins' rotation in 2019, by the way, wasn't half bad. They were fifth in the American League with a 4.18 ERA that was ranked 10th best in baseball. 2020, with largely the same guys coming back, they had this. They had uh, the second best ERA in baseball. Now, granted, you had a uh, guys like you had Jose Brios who pitched well, and then you also had Kenta Maeda nearly win the Cy Young that season. Had it not been for the guys over in Cleveland. So that's also something else to consider. And then they fell off the cliff last year. And that's the thing. Pitching can't be as bad as it was last season, can it? Whether you're talking about the rotation or the bullpen. I mean, it can't be it can't be it can't be any worse. Like Matt Schumacher, Jay Happ were two guys they brought in last year and now they're kind of bringing in Bundy and Archer. I mean, are those two guys worse? I, I got to think that Bundy, you definitely have a floor and a ceiling. You know what you're getting with him. He's not going to be great, but as a four starter, he's fine. But Schumacher, the, there was no floor. He just, he fell right through it. And J.A. Happ, again, fits into that Bundy role of like, you know where your floor and your ceiling are. J.A. Happ, obviously his ceiling kind of fell a lot in 2021, but it's kind of that thing of when you look at this Twins ro- roster, 
Archer and Bundy are kind of the make-good projects. They're the guys the Twins want to turn around. And they tried it last year with uh, Happ and Schumacher, and it didn't work out. So can they do it this year? Can they figure things out? We'll have to see. All, I mean, it's the pitching can't be as bad as last season. Maybe Ryan and Ober take the next steps in their development. Maybe Bundy and Archer, you know, nestle in it. Bundy nestles into that role as a four or five starter. Archer finds kind of a second wind, and the Twins just kind of know how to work with him because they're very familiar with him. And also, if Chris Archer stays healthy, he can at least put together a competent season for a back end of the rotation kind of guy. Somebody who's like your three starter. And you have Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan take those next steps. And then you also have guys like Duran. You have guys like Winder. You have Belazovic. You have guys in AAA who are going to be ready at some point. They're going to make, again, it's a long season. They might not be with the team a majority of the season, but they're going to make some starts here and there. They're going to get a little run with the team. And again, this team needs pitching. They need a top of the rotation, bona fide arm if they want to be serious contenders. But the Twins have enough pitching to be competitive. Now it's all an injury or two away like it was last season, or just pure regression like last season, away from falling apart. It is. And then you have to look at the front office and say you didn't do enough. But I... St- the Twins are going to be competitive, and they'll compete for a wild card spot at the very least, and we already knew that. But my point is, the pitching isn't great, and I know we want them to get a top of that rotation starter, and they need one. I want them to get one. I want them to trade for Frankie Montes today. But if they run it with Gray, Ryan, Ober, Bundy, Archer, at least those top three guys I feel confident enough in. You could convince me a best and worst case scenario for each of them, and I'd believe you. But, again, with this Twins rotation, we won't really know until we see it. And I'm not going to say it's going to be a train wreck. I'm not going to say it's going to be... I'm not going to say they're going to be top 10 in the American League. Or uh, top 10 in the Major Leagues, top 5 in the American League. But if they can just hold their own enough, this Twins offense should score some runs. And again, opening day is less than a week away. So I don't really think that there's a big trade. I don't think there are really any big trades on the horizon. We'll kind of just, outside of maybe San Diego doing something, I think at this point, I think most teams are kind of rolling with what they have. They're already trying to figure out where everybody's going. Unless one team really feels like they have the deal of a lifetime, I don't think we're going to be seeing a trade uh, anytime soon. But I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up today for the Minnesota Sports Podcast. Keep in mind, we do have a big decision or a big announcement coming up with our podcast that's going to be coming up next week. You're listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word.